1: I am professional wrestler Chris Rex, and if you're hearing my voice,
0: that means you're listening to the Bear of Texas podcast. What is up, my beautiful people? Welcome to another edition of Into the Net FC. I am the Bear of Texas, and let's not waste any more time. My good friend, my mentor, residing in beautiful, sunny Southern California, ladies and gentlemen, Steve Adams.
1: And it was a fantastic day here in Los Angeles. Went for a nice 40-minute walk uh, at lunch today when I was at work. And uh, in honor of the events uh, in southern France this past Sunday, I've got my glass of pastis sitting here with me, uh, which, of course, is the national drink of Marseille. So, uh, so yeah, a lot of talking points between the EPL and, um, you know, certainly some stuff that went down in French league 1, but you know the events in Nice with the Nice Marseille match that definitely was dominating a lot of talk as far as with social media and soccer news
0: well since you are uh, truly prepared for the occasion we'll go and start with league uh we'll go and start with Nice and Marseille because you know this is just this is the rowdy behavior that really like I've said many times ruins and damages the reputation of soccer
1: and I think that's really the bitch of it. It was really a good game. Um, Doberg, the, the Dane scores off a really nice cross to put Nice up one zip. And uh, Marseille had several good chances to score, uh, particularly Payette, who's having just a fantastic season for Marseille. And then um, as Marseille is trying to get pressure at about the 74th minute, quarter kick, And uh, Dimitri Payet goes to take the corner for Marseille and he gets absolutely drilled with a bottle of water. Uh, He got hit in the neck by it. And in anger and disgust, he throws the bottle back into the Nice crowd. And that then precipitated a flurry of missiles uh, going at the Marseille players. But then on top of it, the, the stewards at the stadium in Nice, they did a really poor job of crowd control. Crowd storms the stadium. Um, you know, There's altercations between fans, Nice players, Marseille players, Nice fans and Marseille players. It was clearly a dangerous situation. Marseille left the pitch, didn't come back. Even after they got the field emptied of um, of the fans, and uh, Nice was all set to defend uh, a corner kick, but Marseille never came out of the of the locker room. They said, you know, screw this. We don't think our players are safe. Um. So, right now, it's looking like. Nice will get a 1-0 win. Now, it's not final ret- written in granite yet, because apparently the League officials are gonna meet with Nice and Marseille officials on Wednesday. And I think they'll probably come out with the final final verdict then. So um, it's just really too bad. I mean, I mean, bottom line, and you know, really kind of somewhat Ironic because usually when you think of uh, crowd trouble in France, I mean the first two usual suspects that you think of are usually PSG or Marseille fans, and particularly when uh, the Classique, when you have PSG playing Marseille, I mean that just brings out the worst in everybody. But um, but this is the first time I really recall such a over the top incident uh, at a game with Nice. I mean it is you know, a Mediterranean rivalry. I don't think Nice and Marseille is quite the same level of rivalry. I think Marseille's biggest rivals, in my opinion, traditionally have been of course PSG, but also in terms of geography and also, you know, history. I think Marseille also has a a much bigger rivalry with Lyon and with Saint Etienne. But, uh, You know, because, I mean, let's face it, I mean, Nice really hasn't done much. They haven't really won a whole hell of a lot of hardware in the last 40 plus years. So, um, you know, it's it's pretty tough to have a really big, high profile rivalry when, you know, when, frankly, Nice hasn't really done a whole lot. So, um, but they've come out of the blocks this year. And uh, they're, they've been playing really, really good ball after Christophe Gaultier took his magic wand from Lille and he brought it down to the Côte d'Azur. And um, Nice is looking like a vastly improved club.
0: They really are. And um, not to my surprise, of course, uh, the whole situation with Nice and Marseille is under investigation. And as far as the Marseille players refusing to take on the pitch... Part of me says, well, obviously they're concerned for the safety. I would too. But then another part of me is, well, maybe if, if it's safe, if they can guarantee the safety, maybe it is better to go finish the game. You know, I, I can't throw them under the bus. I mean, I, like I said, I'm 50-50. But, you know, but the whole thing is ridiculous. You know, like you mentioned, the security at the stadium, you know, just worthless and... It's, well, it's absolutely crazy. And, and I spoke about this with my mom because I said, you know, what's amazing is when we think of the uh, – like like you mentioned, you know, the, the supporters, it's usually Marseille or Paris Saint-Germain. But, but I think at this point, you know, any club – I mean, every club has rowdy fans. Well, I think
1: you always have a little bit of a certain element. But uh, this time it was just really um, – it was unhinged. But um, – You know it'll be interesting to see what happens, and I mean it's a tough thing for Marseille because on the one hand, you know you've got to be concerned for your safety, and yes the players make pretty good money to play a sport, but that doesn't mean that you have to put your 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 safety on the line either from uh, uncontrolled fans that are, you know coming onto the pitch and and posing an imminent threat and the imminent danger, but also too if that one zip final stands Marseille gets zero points out of this game so you know further on down the line at the end of the season when you're you know trying to vie for winning European places and things like that uh, forking over three points or even that one point difference that might come back to bite Marseille in the ass at the end of the season we'll see but uh my gut feeling is that I think they're probably just going to let the 1-0 victory stand for Nice. That's that's my gut feeling.
0: I mean, it's you know it's uh, very early in the season, and Marseille having a pretty loaded team. I mean, a pretty strong team compared to what they've been through the last few years. But I really believe Marseille, Marseille can turn things around. So I mean, I know, I know a lot a lot of the PSG supporters that love this show don't like me don't like to hear me say that, but but y'all y'all know my situation, y'all. So you know it, it is what it is. It's nothing personal, but. You know, looking at these res- other r- results, you know Sanetien and Lille battling to a one-one draw. You know PSG, not surprisingly, is undefeated. And as far as PSG goes, the question with them is, you know, is when Lionel when's excuse me when is uh, Lionel Messi going to take uh he's going to make his debut, and that still remains to be seen.
1: Things are pretty toxic turvy in Ligue 1 right now because you've got Lille, the defending champs, they're sitting on 17 points. Monaco, they, I believe, were sitting in 19th place, as I recall. Uh, but yet on the other end of the scale, you've got Clermont Foot with undefeated two wins and a draw for seven points. Angers from the Loire Valley, uh, usually unfancy team. They're out of the blocks. Uh, undefeated, two wins and a loss, two for the team in black and white. So uh, things are a little topsy-turvy. Yes, it's only three games into the season. There's, you know, a whole lot left to play for. But uh, but I got to admit, I, I'm probably most impressed by Clermont Foot. Uh, they came off the deck being down 3-1 to one, uh, against Lyon. And Lyon has a <coughs> pretty decent pedigree. I mean... Um, Made it to the semifinals of the Champions League a couple seasons ago. Um, Seven-time winners of Ligue 1. Uh, it's it's a team that's you know got a little bit of money and you know even though they lost Memphis Depay in the off season, it's still a team that on paper uh, should be much much better than Clermont Foot. But Clermont Foot with the two late goals and um, you know it's pretty pretty interesting start to the season for the team from uh the Auvergne yeah.
0: totally and League 1 always usually has a, an interesting start and you know and, and I'm I mean even though your know, PSG not surprisingly you know 3-0 you know but you know still you know, with Angers and Clermont uh, Clermont and Nice all being within two points uh you know <laughs> PSG I mean PSG knows it's only the beginning of the season they got to keep winning but you know there really is some potential but this could be a heavily comp- competed season and i'm really hoping i'm really hoping to see like some serious competition between PSG, Montpellier, Marseille and you know all these other clubs i mean i, w- I would hope Monaco could join the party but Monaco is uh is winless, uh, you know one draw and two losses Strasbourg is at the very bottom and Lille is at 17 so, so and you know you, you got Lyon right right down there so but you know it's only 3 games so I really I really want to see like what we saw like in the 90s and mid in the early to mid 2000s I want to see some serious competition league uh, I think I speak for all of us
1: well we hope so we hope so but you know the thing to remember too is PSG still hasn't fielded Messi and Ramos out of the field yet either um, PSG for in spite of being three and zero, the one question mark that they have going for them is they still haven't done a th- clean sheet in their first three matches and uh even coughed up two goals uh at at brest so um you know it's it's not all roses in paris at this point uh for pocatino's men no totally
0: not so that were with league uh, let's go ahead and jump into the epl well Another, I mean, we'll get to the standings. I mean, number one, the standings right now look interesting, but the big story as far as uh, the English Premier League goes is that Arsenal, not only are they 0-2, but they have yet to score a goal.
1: Well, and not only that, their next game, uh, (laughs) Arsenal, all they have to do is go to the Etihad to play Man City for the early game on Saturday. So, things are not going to get easier for Arsenal this coming weekend.
0: Uh, I mean, one of one of our guys, you know, who's in our group uh, for Stoppage Time FC <laughs> shared a video of a very angry and disoriented Arsenal supporter who's really calling for the sacking of uh, Arteta. I mean, at, at, at this point, as far as Arsenal goes, I couldn't, like, sit in court and, you know, come up with any ideas, you know, as to where, like, what the problem is. Obviously, the problem is the team can't is unable to win but i mean to say that arsenal is a, is a complete mess i mean well there's the other statement of the year for you
1: well their their attack is, is just absolutely impotent at this point and um you know chelsea even though chelsea was the road team over the weekend i mean chelsea looked by far the much better and most dangerous team i mean they're pretty much in control of the match the entire way
0: that's I mean you, know, you know it was only it was only two nothing it, it it could have easily been a whole lot worse and looking at these well, only, you know, unfortunately uh for me Man- Manchester United even though their uh, undefeated uh, streak on the road is now with twenty seven games it's one game shy of uh of putting a record well, they couldn't get it done against uh, Southampton that bothered me a little bit but but then again Southampton is known for giving the Red Devils some problems yeah. And, you know, one one
1: other note from the Chelsea-Arsenal game, Lukaku with a goal off a really nice feed from Reese James, who scored later on off an assist from Mason Mount. But um, I think the one potential loser in this seriously upgraded Chelsea side might be one Christian Pulisic. Um, even once he gets over um, his COVID um benching or i don't want to say benching but you know he's going to be out of action for a bit because of COVID protocol um the american may have a hell of a time cracking this lineup right now as loaded as chelsea looks and as good as chelsea has looked in these last couple of games
0: as far as christian policy goes i i did I, I did do some uh looking into the whole situation and from what i saw is he is vaccinated and he's uh not feeling any Ill, Ill effects. I mean, either way, it's a precaution. You know, at this point, you know, if 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 it means for him to sit out, if that's what it takes for him to play for the uh, team USA in the upcoming World Cup qualifiers, then so be it.
1: Well, I think he'll be ready for the first game of the qualifiers here. I so, hope so you know,
0: that's that's the good news
1: is that I think he'll be rested and fresh. Which you know, given how injury prone Pulisic has been, you know, the last couple of years. Uh, I think maybe the rest, who knows, may well have done them some good.
0: Mm-hmm. Totally, and Chelsea is only getting started, folks. You know, don't be surprised if Chelsea ma- manages to win the EPL. I mean, it's only a few games in, but you know, Chelsea's already showing that potential. They could just go in, just grab the EPL title, and then just run away. But let's, let's not count anything yet. As we are looking at uh, all the other potentials, you know, Tottenham, you know, it's somehow Tottenham, you know, starting up two and zero. I mean, a one nothing win over Wolverhampton, Ali scoring off of a penalty early in the game, so...
1: Well, and Wolves had lots of chances. This wasn't as one-sided as you might have thought. And, um, you know, this was a homecoming for Nuno, who coached four years at Wolves, and he was a very, very popular manager. Uh, the, the, pe- the folks in the West Midlands were pretty sorry to see him go. Uh, Adama Traore... Showed his wheels again for uh, for wolves, but he also just shows just a a really frustrating inability to be able to finish on all these wonderful chances that he's able to take with his speed, pace, and strength. But you know he's just not putting the ball in the net.
0: You know it, it, it's absolutely crazy, and you know for at Tottenham, you know for them to start two and zero, I mean that, that's really. It's really giving uh, the fans something to smile about, but just gotta keep it up. I mean, Tottenham scored only two goals, you know, and you know they've had they've actually yet to allow a goal. So Hugo Lloris has uh, kept you know back to back clean sheets, so that's pretty good.
1: Not a bad thing, and one Harry Kane was able to come on. Um, nice save by the Wolves goaltender kept Kane from from scoring for for Spurs. But uh, but still, for if you're a Tottenham fan, you know starting out the season two and zero, two clean sheets, and uh, they still have Harry Kane in uniform. So I mean, you know that's I think probably all they could ask for at this point.
0: Hundred mm-hmm. percent. So as far as my club goes, despite the very painful one one draw, you know on on the positive note, you know especially for me personally, is because my fellow French compatriot Paul Pogba. Five assists so far, and he actually leads the EPL in assists. So that's actually that's actually doing very good. And and honestly, I don't know if people will agree with you, but I, I believe this is going to help him You know, for France's World Cup qualifiers. I mean, it's, it's definitely going to motivate him.
1: Well, especially since he tends to play a lot better for France than he does for Man U. And as good as Pogba's look looked for, for the Red Devils, you know, when, when the France re- Starts with the with the World Cup qualifiers. Uh, Didier Deschamps has to be really happy that you know, hey, you know, my my midfielders in uh, pretty good form right now, so that that bodes well for both Manu and and for France.
0: Ah, one hundred percent. And well we're gonna go and go, go to your team, Liverpool, the Reds. Well, well
1: convincing you know, win. <laughs> home, home win, you know. Um, I mean, let's face it. I mean, Liverpool started the season at Norwich and then at home against Burnley. Burnley had some good chances early on, and Allison Becker had to make a couple of really good saves in this game for Liverpool to keep that clean sheet. But uh, Jota, the Portuguese, gets a second goal for Liverpool. Mane gets his first. So the Senegalese starts his uh, 21-22 account with a goal. Uh, very good win for Liverpool in front of a full rocking cop. So,
0: well, Liverpool, uh, good start so far. You know, Virgil Van Dijk, You know, everybody. Everybody's happy to see him again. And so far, he seems to be doing good.
1: Well, and uh, as as much as they're missing Robertson, the the Scottish captain, their normal left back and who pres- provides an awful lot of good service from the left side of the field. Uh, he's still going to be out for a couple more weeks, but uh, the Greeks, Amicus, with a really, really nice cross that, you know, Jota put in. So, uh, yeah, I mean, so that's that's been good news that uh, Liverpool's been able to keep another clean sheet. Things are going to get a lot more interesting for Liverpool this weekend, though, because definitely the marquee match of the weekend is Liverpool and Chelsea.
0: Oh, totally. I'm actually personally looking forward to that.
1: And and I'm thankful that it's going to be at a time where I'll actually be able to be up to watch it, not the 4.30 a.m. Pacific time match that Liverpool and Burnley was at. So I had to catch the replays on that. There's no way I was getting up at 4.30 to watch this one.
0: Yeah, as everybody knows, you and I were really not fans of getting up early to watch soccer, but... You know, and you know, Liverpool and Chelsea, I, I got to tell you, I mean, the hype of this game, it just makes me wish I could be there and watch the game with you, brother.
1: Yep. But. Tell you what, the goal of the weekend may have been in the Villa-Newcastle match. Uh, Ings, off a fantastic bicycle kick, uh, opened his scoring for, for Villa, and... Uh, Gazi gets a late penalty for Aston Villa, so the team from Birmingham they get their first win of the season. But uh, but if you haven't seen it and you look it up, um, the Ings bicycle kick was just an absolute thing of beauty.
0: one hundred percent. And you know, Newcastle United is off to you know bad start, and Leeds United somewhat kind of recovered. You know Leeds United, and Everton battling to a two two draw. But you know here's what's so interesting: West Ham United just Absolutely beating the crap out of Leicester City.
1: They looked fantastic today. I actually uh, don't tell my boss, but I had the game on volume down <laughs> with my smartphone while I was at work today. And um, yeah, it was the it was the Antonio show today. Uh, scores a brace. Um, Leicester City has a guy red carded. Uh, right before uh, halftime and um, (laughs) the site after Antonio got his second goal and then he took over as the all-time West Ham United scorer in the Premiership era. He uh, passed Paulo Decaño. So, uh, over at pitch side, there was a large cardboard uh, figure of Antonio and he's holding it up for the crowd, so uh, it was pretty special, but uh, yeah, David Moyes has to be really, really happy with that, with that 4-1 to win.
0: 100% and looking at the standings, West Ham United is on top.
1: Yeah, how about that? So, um, you know, obviously a lot more to play for, but, uh, but you look at the teams that have started out of the blocks that, uh, you know, people weren't so sure about Tottenham. Going into the season because of all the question marks surrounding Harry Kane, but uh, but David Moyes, you know, he continues to be doing a really good job at West Ham, and whatever whatever he's selling the players, they're buying it, and um, you know what can you what can you say? So uh, it's it's really interesting to see see West Ham, you know, being up there with uh, with the upper elite.
0: It really is, you know. Looking, you know, at, at their stats, you know, eight goals in, and you know Chelsea scoring five goals. You know Chelsea and Liverpool and Tottenham are one of the three in the top five, the only three in the top five that have yet to allow a goal. Manchester United sitting sixth and scroll scroll to the very bottom, you know, when we look at ninth, we have Manchester City. But you know, it's only a few games in, as uh, as our friend Joe would say. <laughs> but you know, looking at you know Arsenal number nineteen, it's I mean, I'll be honest. You know, even as a lifelong Man U guy, you know, for you, you being Liverpool, it's it, it is really tough sometimes seeing, even though it's a, it's a rival, it is sometimes tough seeing that club at the, at the very bottom, especially knowing that how dominant and successful the club was, and let's not forget, there was a time that Arsenal ruled DPL with an iron fist.
1: Well, they they were the heavy challengers. They were by far and away the main challengers for Man U during the. Alex Ferguson's reign at Man U. I mean, it was Arsene Wenger and Arsenal. Um, they were the very worthy adversaries. Uh, made it to a Champions League final. So, uh, and you can't say that it's finances. I mean, they've got they've got finances. So, I it just escapes me as to why Arsenal is just having such a rough time. And let's not forget too, for the first time in a hell of a long time, Arsenal will not have European ball this year. So it's a good news, bad news thing. It's lost revenue because you don't have those midweek games. But by the same token, too, it also is less taxing and it's less wear and tear on your on your squad because you're not having those midweek games. So um, it, it takes that away as an excuse as to uh, Arsenal's problems.
0: Oh, 100%. And, and, and I believe, didn't, didn't Arsenal have a, like, didn't they spend the most uh, in the in, in the APL offseason as far as investments go? I think around 120 million uh, pounds.
1: They spent a lot. I don't know if they spent more than Man City. And all Man City did was make roadkill a lot of the Canaries. Uh, Norwich made the trip from East Anglia up to Manchester City, and they got absolutely crushed. Five zip. Um, own goal by Krug, the goaltender. Grealish with his first goal for Man City. Laporte. Varez um, with a nice goal later on. Um, Sterling with a goal too for Man City. So they spread the well. But, um, you know, Man City is certainly going to be in this for the long haul too. That is just such a deep and talented squad.
0: Manchester City this Saturday at 6.30 in the morning they're gonna lay it they're gonna lay the smack down on Arsenal.
1: Yeah it, it could be it could be really ugly. It could be very very ugly so um, we'll just have to wait and see on that.
0: Uh, so the most interesting games for this weekend is obviously one is Manchester City and Arsenal, Liverpool and, and Liverpool and Chelsea. So we'll go ahead and talk about these two games for the next week. We'll just go with these quick predictions. So for Manchester City, obviously for me it's Man City, but and uh, for Liverpool and Chelsea, I'm gonna go with a one-one draw.
1: Well, I think I think Man City makes roadkill out of Arsenal. I I just think the I think the blue bus is just gonna go, roll right over the Gunners. Uh, Aston Villa hosting Brentford in the in the West Midlands in Birmingham. Um, I think Brentford will get their first loss of the season. I think the Bees will get beat up in Birmingham. Brighton-Everton. This one has potentially a really, really irritating game. Um, Both teams have shown a propensity for attack early on. Newcastle-Southampton. Newcastle uh, Newcastle in desperate need of a win. Um, Magpie is really... uh, rough start out of the shoot. So they've got, but they have the advantage of at least hosting this up in the North of England. Um, Norwich, they get Leicester city who will, I mean, both teams were smart. It will be smarting after, after taking some serious beatdowns uh, this weekend. Um, uh, West Ham, very winnable game, London Derby West Ham hosting crystal palace. Uh, I think Crystal Palace will still be winless by the time the smoke settles on this. Liverpool, Chelsea, wow. Um, I'm going to pick a draw. I'm going to I'm going to pick a two-two draw on this. I think there's just too much offensive talent. I don't think I think Liverpool's clean sheet run is going to come to an end, but it'll it'll be interesting seeing Chelsea taking on a more able opponent than what they have so far.
0: Yeah, that's what I – I have a Liverpool and Chelsea in a 1-1 draw. It's going to be hard fun. I mean, these these guys are just going to beat, beat the crap out of each other, but, you know, the game's just going to be like – and it was a stalemate.
1: Burnley hosting Leeds. You know, I I love Leeds. Um uh, Yesla and his Yorkshiremen with their kill or be killed style of game. Um, no parking the bus or anything like that with these guys. Uh, I think this should be a fairly wide open game. I think Leeds picks up the win on the road at Turf Moor.
0: I think so. Yeah, Leeds is certainly trying to you know, make up after that bad loss in, in a, an opening week, but. It's really going to be interesting. I know, of course, my, my club, Manchester United, is on the road. So if, if Manchester United can avoid the loss, I, I think they set a record for a, under, for a uh, non-losing streak on the road. I think that, that would make it 28 straight if they can uh, avoid the loss.
1: Well, not only do I think Man U avoids the loss and stays undefeated, I think Man U goes, goes over to the West Midlands and they get the win against Wolves. And then that just leaves uh, Spurs hosting Watford. I think Spurs will make it three out of three against Watford. I mean, Watford has looked, you know, pretty good uh, in their promotion year, but um, but I think Spurs will just have a little bit too much for them. I think I think Spurs takes this one.
0: Yeah, Tottenham's getting more and more motivated, and they see this opp- they see this game as an opportunity to take the motivation to the next level. I mean, keep- Tottenham. Their mentality is like they want to forget what's been... Hull- they're, they're trying to make all the negative vibe into a positive vibe. I and mean, the players know that they're the only ones who can do it. Like, you know, we're in this mess. We can get out of it. And it's our job to get out of it. So let's do our job. So I, I think Tottenham is a, a team that's already motivated. And I think that they can only get more motivated based on the good results. But like I said, it's up to them to put up the good results. Because, you know, wins are not handed.
1: Well, the big thing, too, is going to be what are they going to do with this whole Harry Kane distraction, you know, because Kane has made it pretty clear that he wants out of out of Tottenham, he wants a chance to play European ball. He especially wants a chance to play some Champions League ball. So can they convince him to stay? I mean, if, if Spurs can continue to get some good results, I think that may be enough to have – have the England striker stick around for a little bit longer.
0: That's exactly how I feel. And, you know, and everybody was asking me, like, if, if he goes to Manchester City, I mean, it's the fact that Manchester City is already so loaded, that's probably why if I were him, I wouldn't want to go there because, like you said, Harry Kane wants to play. He's not going to go on a team, even though the team wins, has the potential of winning a lot of games and winning the Champions League. If he's going to sit on the bench, Harry Kane's not that kind of guy. So that, that's why I, I would rule out the move to Manchester City, but... But you never say never. But like, that's the motivation I'm talking about. If Tottenham starts winning more games, and you know, and, and all of a sudden, you know, the winning culture is is starting to finally reappear, Harry Kane may may go back on his own word and say, "All right, I'll stay." I mean, I we understand how frustrated he is, and 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 I'm, hopefully things do work out. Right? Yeah. So now we get to La, La Liga. <laughs> Very interesting. I, I, you know, Sevilla, Sevilla sitting on top. Real Madrid. Uh, well, that was actually a pretty interesting game. At Real Madrid couldn't pull up the win, but you know, yeah,
1: look, just, and Real Madrid ended up playing a very entertaining three-three game. Um, I didn't get a chance to watch that one. I did watch Barcelona get the draw over in the Basque Country at Athletic Bilbao, and that was that was a fairly entertaining game too. Memphis Depay. To with a, with a really nice goal for Barcelona. Very scrappy game up in the Basque Country. Um, Atletico Madrid, uh, they're still perfect to start the season. And, um, you know, they have to take some heart by the fact that uh, the, the teams that they feel are their biggest competition, uh, Barcelona and Real Madrid, you know, both drop points on the road. But, you know, as you said, you know, last week, uh, don't rule out Sevilla as far as making a run for La Liga title this year. It's a team that often gets overlooked. Uh, usually, you're so used to Sevilla, you know, winning hardware in the in the Europa League, but um, but they're back in the Champions League again. So um, we'll we'll just have to see. But uh, interesting start for La Liga.
0: Interesting start indeed, and you know Barcelona, you know trying to fight out of the uh, whole dilemma. And as far as Barcelona goes, it's well, it's still saddening to see Samuel Umtiti still not, you know, still not appearing on on the lineup, even on the bench. And uh, as far as Usman Dembele goes, uh, I, I'd imagine he's still recovering from from the injury he sustained at the Euro, but
1: well if, if you're an American fan you gotta be really happy with how Serginio Dest has started to play with Barcelona he's not only playing significant minutes I think he's I thought he was looking pretty good for Barcelona in their first two games. I thought he played a really good game against athletic on
0: um on the weekend oh totally and you know, it's really it's just really it's just really good to see these American players you know more of them and more of them are playing in europe and the fact that they're playing good, I mean, the opportunities are only going to get better. I mean, we're probably going to see an American invasion in Europe, if you, in the sport of soccer. I mean, what the hell, right?
1: <laughs> well, it'll be it'll be interesting to see. I mean, clearly he'll be he'll be part of the U.S. squad, barring injury, of uh, these first couple of World Cup qualifiers for the U.S.
0: Oh, totally. And uh, so, last but not least, the Siri off A- uh, started. Well. An uh, interesting uh, star. Not surprisingly, Inter Milan starts off in a dominating way. that are on top. You know, Look at you know it, it's wasn't really a good day for Juventus because the sad part, you know, I don't I don't know what's sadder in Juventus's case, the fact that they squandered an early two nothing lead, or the fact that Cristiano Ronaldo's potential game winning goal in uh, injury time was taken away. Yeah. Yeah, VAR did that.
1: So uh, yeah, Juventus and Udinese play play a pretty good game. Napoli starts their campaign out with a win, but um, you know, but uh, yeah, I mean it's really that fun time of the year. You know, when uh, when you're in mid late August and you know all the all the major European leagues are starting up and hope springs eternal and um, you know, but now, which is a little different than most uh, years. Now we've got these World Cup qualifiers that are going to be coming fast and furious.
0: Oh, totally. And and as we wrap up the the quick Serie A discussion, I mean, all these red cards. I mean, two games had both teams. You know, have at least one red card.
1: Yeah, you know, they're. What 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 can you say? <laughs> I mean, um, there's definitely there were some red cards that were flying in French league uh, over over the weekend as well too.
0: Yeah. So the, last thing I want to say, you know, Milan, you know, winning and it was I did tweet earlier. It was good to see Olivier Giroud uh, in the starting lineup, but he he didn't score, but it still, it was good. It was good that he was starting.
1: Gotta love yeah. that geriatric forward line of Zlatan Ibrahimovic and Olivier Giroud. I mean that's. I'm trying to think. I think Zlatan's 39 now, and I think Giroud's, what, 36?
0: 35.
1: 35, so still, you know, for, uh, I mean, that's the type of starting lineup, you know, elderly strikers you would have seen back in the old North American Soccer League when you would have uh, European players at the end of their careers would be coming over, but the fact that you've got Giroud and Zlatan uh, that are still playing at a high enough level that they could start and get significant minutes for a top flight historic club like AC Milan. It's really pretty incredible.
0: It really, it really is. And speaking of and uh, he apparently was not in the lineup. He wasn't even on the bench. Uh, is he hurt from or something?
1: I think he still has had injury issues. I still don't think he's totally healed up from the injury that kept him from playing for Sweden in oh, Europe.
0: Oh yeah, that's right. Oh,
1: but 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 the I should say for the potential for Zlatan and Giroud to be out there on the field together. So uh, so anyway, uh, but hopefully Zlatan that the Swede will get healthy and that he'll be back uh, in the fold again for AC Milan.
0: Well, hopefully. So now we're gonna to get to the qualifiers. Uh, so as we know, the United States actually will start, and from uh, the date they actually start next week, next Thursday, they'll be playing against El Salvador. I would imagine the same, and I would imagine like along with France, uh, the squads uh, will be announced this week. France actually, uh, the the federation announced on Twitter that I believe on Thursday, the Didier Deschamps will announce the squad and. Thursday's is already a big day because Thursday the, the the excuse me the draw for the Champions League takes place, so that'll be uh, exciting. But as far as the U.S. men's national team goes, the, the question is right now is will Christian uh, be selected? And of course, the 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 goal uh, out of that is will he play?
1: Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Uh, wouldn't be Wouldn't be surprised if if perhaps if Berhalter has him coming off the bench <sighs> for the first game against El Salvador.
0: I mean, as a you know. I mean, no disrespect to El Salvador, but, but you know, every win for the USA is, every game is important. You know, especially because we missed out in the World Cup, uh, three years ago in Russia, and that was pretty humiliating. But, but I, I would expect the likes of Sargent, Reyna, those those other dudes are very likely to start. And like I said, yeah, the the most realistic situation for the for the opening game is definitely you know for Pulisic to. Start on the bench, you know, and then come in and play maybe the last twenty minutes or so. But, but I'm actually excited for the U.S. qualifiers. Um, but as far as France goes, uh, France is, is actually continuing the qualifiers. Uh, so, and I, I'm not sure who they play uh, in, in their next game. I, I think it's Bosnia and Herzegovina.
1: To be really honest, I haven't even looked at the at the Euro qualifiers. I've been so, I, I confess, I've been more wrapped up. And following the the major Euro leagues uh, for the last couple of weeks, I really uh, have not been even really scouting that much as far as with uh, the World Cup qualifiers for both Europe and uh, and even for Concacaf. So I just knew that the U.S. had El Salvador in their first game.
0: I just looked up. Yeah, France is playing Bosnia and, and Herzegovina. They're playing uh, them at home on Wednesday, September first. You know they're actually playing three games in a in a span of seven days, so they play Bosnia. Then they'll, they'll be on the road to play Ukraine before heading back home to play Finland. So you know, I mean, I see France winning all three games. I mean, there's really no there's really no excuse for them not to win in any of the games.
1: Well, on paper, they're certainly a lot better than the opposition. But you know, let's let's not forget though too. Uh, Ukraine had a pretty decent Euro tournament. Uh, Finland vastly improved. Uh, the fact that they even qualified for the Euros and beat Denmark in uh, in that first game in the Euros, you know, granted, there should be kind of an asterisk with that uh, because that was a game that uh, Christian Eriksen had his cardiac event and um, sort of sucked the life out of Denmark, but. You know, Finland. A couple years ago, Finland did beat France. So, you know, uh, it's it's not the gimme win. Uh, Finland is showing it's not just an ice hockey country anymore. That they are producing some pretty decent soccer players.
0: One hundred percent. You know, and as far as uh, for this week for the uh, squad being announced, uh, I would you know the fact that you know with Kareem Benzema, you know, being in World Cup qualifiers. This actually could be something huge for France, but like I say, you know, on paper it says one thing, but France had that horrible Euro, I mean losing to Switzerland. It's it's unbelievable.
1: Well, it wasn't just a Switzerland game for France. I mean, they really. I mean, the only really good game that that France had in the entire tournament was was their game against Germany. I mean, they really, um, you know, draw against Hungary. Uh, did not look great against Portugal. So, you know, uh, France can only play better. So um, we'll just have to wait and see. Yeah,
0: we'll just have to wait and see. Well, ladies and gentlemen, Into the Net FC is available for you on all streaming platforms, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and YouTube. Steve? Thank you very, very much for joining me. Can't wait to have you back on.
1: Everybody have a good rest of your week. Take care. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to
0: save big today.